Welcome back to Love, Lust and Magic. We are in the thick of the holiday season and I wanted to release an episode that was going to be supportive because I know that the holidays and the new year can be a tough time for so many of us mentally and emotionally and I wanted to release an episode that was supportive of this, was supportive of our mental health and our healing. So I am so excited to share today's episode with one of my longtime besties, mental health writer and advocate Ashley Laterer, whose work lives around the internet, um, everything from Insider to um, Nylon Magazine to a bunch of other specific like health um, websites and media outlets. She has written about so many different facets of mental health. And in today's conversation, she shares about her own journey, about her own journey with medication, about her own journey with mental health, about the ways that writing about how, uh, about her own journey and even her struggles has given her a newfound purpose. And we just have a really beautiful conversation. We talk about tips for finding a therapist, um, how to work alongside rituals like uh, journaling and inner child work and therapy and how to take care of ourselves in those moments that feel tough. This is a really special conversation and I hope that during this time of year it just offers you a little bit of support and magic. So I hope you enjoy it and I'll see you on the other side. Ashley, you are an icon, a music and culture writer turned mental health writer and advocate. Can you tell us a little bit about your own journey and how you came to be at like such a beautiful and specific like part of your career? Well, first of all, you're so cute and thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so basically I never ever thought I was gonna like openly talk about my own mental health struggles. Um, since I was dealing with mental health stuff since I was like uh, 12 maybe like sixth grade so actually even earlier than 12 and I kind of always thought I was going to pursue fashion um, when we first became friends as you know like we were both studying fashion uh, and then yeah I don't know I just I ended up writing a little blog post for a random like mental health blog about my own struggle and it got such a good response that I was like, wow, okay, actually, I might be onto something here and maybe I should pursue this. I love that so much. And I feel like, yeah, our, both of our careers have kind of gone in unexpected directions. Um, starting in fashion, that's how Ashley and I met. We'll get into our very cute um, friendship story in a little bit. But first, I wanted to ask her the hard-hitting questions. And um, that's one of the things I'm so inspired by, by your journey specifically, is that you write about these really important topics like you write about like different like psychological issues that people are maybe facing you write about like just destigmatizing mental health through like personal essays and your own experience and then you also write like really kind of journalistic pieces for like insider for example but one of the things that has always kind of or really inspired me about your work is that you really have kind of taken the seat and used yourself as like an example of what it means to like live with different mental illnesses what it means to like move through them even struggle with them sometimes and that's not only so fucking brave but so important I feel like it gives people so much more permission to honor and accept wherever they are and also feel less alone in the process so what has Thank it been you. like of course and it's so true and like you write with such like you're such a real a wonderful journalist and then also such a wonderful writer so there's this oh God, you know like you. understanding and warmth that you present to these things that are so intrinsically isolating because I feel like whenever you're dealing with your own mental health like it feels just like people don't understand or you feel really alone even if that's not yeah. true so I guess my question is like how has writing about this kind of helped you either find community or feel less alone or how has your journey like writing about your own mental health helped you and changed you in the process? Uh, I think it's like twofold in in one sense of it. It like 
you know, I feel like growing up, I was always kind of, and still now I'm like, why me? Like, why have I been dealt this hand of like dealing with all this shit? Like, why have I, like, obviously I've lived a very privileged, privileged life in many ways, but in other ways, like, um, and especially like through inner child work and stuff. And we'll talk about that later. Um, like just looking at my childhood and like teenager years, like, I was always like, why me? Like, why am I dealing with this shit? It's so not fair that I'm having panic attacks every day or that I'm taking like three different medications or whatever. And uh, becoming a writer in this space has kind of like helped give me purpose mm -hmm. and sort of an answer to like, why me? And I know that's not really necessarily the answer of like why this is all happening to me, but it has helped me find purpose and like, okay, at least I'm doing something with all this. Like, I'm not just, I don't know. Like, I'm not just letting it, or maybe the, the, the way I can look at it is like, I'm, I've embraced it as a part of my identity rather than pushing it away, which is something that I did a lot when I was a kid and a teenager and even in college. Um, I was like pushing away all this stuff. I didn't want people to know. I didn't want to talk about it. And now it's like something I'm so extremely open with that it's crazy to think there was a time when I wasn't screaming from the rooftops about like, you know, my anxiety or whatever. I so love that's it. part of it. Yeah. Um, and then also it's been really rewarding also to like get messages from people. Um, Cause usually like on the bottom of my articles, it will say like, you know, where they can find me on Instagram or Twitter or wherever. And I've gotten a bunch of really nice messages from people saying that, like, you know, my article has really helped them get through a tough time or helped them feel less alone or, um, you know, like, oh, I thought I was the only one who dealt with this and now I read this and, like, it really helped me. So it's definitely, like, I'm glad that I'm helping people and it also, like, helps me to hear it from them to, like, keep going and know that I am doing something that's valuable to people. Um, yeah, and honestly, it's, like, another deeper way to just connect with people in general. Like, yeah. my friends who, you know, also have anxiety or depression or OCD, etc. Like, we all kind of speak the same language, and it's nice to just... I like to let people know that they're not alone, and I like to know that I'm not alone. So, yeah, it goes do... both ways. Oh, sorry. I did not mean to interrupt you, babe, but you do oh, such no, a okay. good such a good job of that and i i love what you were saying about like yeah you know it's like when you're younger i feel like being 11 12 13 14 15 like that shit sucks on its own and then you know add in like the stigma and just living with mental illness in general especially like how many years ago was that like oh my god i'm like wow like, we're like that was what 20 years yeah, ago almost, like almost you know like ago. yeah so much has changed and I feel like because of like your work and other people's work there is this like not only language around these things but there is such a, a bigger broader conversation around it and um yeah of course it's super valid to be like this fucking sucks like why am I dealing with things when people just got to be annoying 13 year olds and I have to deal with like the weight of the world on my shoulders and my brain doing these things I don't understand and that you know like not to say that that you know like your trauma like you need your trauma or whatever to make you a good person like I think that's kind of BS but I do think that we always have the ability to grow from like the pain you know like that's the power of the human spirit and like you taking this thing that's you know been so tough for so long and that's forced you to grow in ways a lot of people don't understand and like using it to pay it forward to help other people is truly such a gift it is like what I would consider alchemy it's like taking this thing and you know like purifying it making it to something even greater than the sum of its parts like yeah you were dealt this hand but you're now taking it and transmuting it into something that's like not only healing others but also healing you in the process and making you feel less alone and I'm so glad that people reach out to you to affirm that because like you know me we have talked about this plenty like I love attention I think it's really stupid when people are like yeah I don't need it like attention or validation like we're all needing attention and validation and when you're doing something so vulnerable like 
talking about mental health, especially when it's like something that you relate to that you understand and you're sharing it from your own experiences, like hearing that that helps somebody else is such a gift. And, you know, oh, like yeah. you, you being able to receive that, too, is a gift to the person that's sharing it. So it's just like such a beautiful ecosystem. And um, I mean, I remember like Ashley and I met when we were both I was a freshman in college. She was a sophomore in college and we were both studying fashion merchandising. We both had like half a head of black hair, um, <laughs> side shave. Like we were like on the same wave, except Ashley was like in fucking cool ass New York City and I was in Columbia, South Carolina. Yeah. Um, but the internet brought us together. And I remember like, you know, like watching you and experiencing like at that time, I think you were like really like struggling with finding medication that worked and it was like really difficult. And I remember, you know, like you starting to talk about this stuff more openly has just been it's been such a gift it's been a gift to see you step into that kind of you know more just like honest place with yourself and yeah. obviously like you know I have my own struggles with mental illness not on you know the level that you do so I can't like completely understand and I I just feel so much for like that that level of you know intensity in your day-to-day -day life but yeah um, I um the I just like unlocked a memory like I so vividly remember like the summer that we or I don't know when we met at that point but like that summer of when we met online and then like I remember that was a really really bad summer for me yeah. like mental health wise like I was so like that was I feel like my first time really really experiencing like deep depression and I just vividly remember like in general just like I would go to this little outdoor park like by my office and I would just like sit and eat lunch there by myself and I remember mm -hmm. just like vividly remember texting you Aww. probably like about boys and stuff like about <laughs> fucking Luca but whatever oh um, god yeah but yeah that so yeah but it, I'm it's always crazy like I love our friendship story obviously as you know also it's so funny to be talking in like such a professional manner with you. <laughs> Ashley and I literally text each other the wildest shit y'all yeah. like it's like this is so funny for the both of us but yeah I mean I've fucking seen your career transform like we Ashley and I started like in college as interns and have been besties since so it's like seeing your fucking career as like a, a health, mental health writer has been so rewarding for me too because I got to see you like like you said like having this kind of like I mean it, it might not always feel like this but like the way that you're talking about it it's like you have this deep compassion for your journey and through that like accepting these things that you're dealt you know what I mean and like not to you're not passive about it either you know like you're not like nihilistic well like everything's gonna end and everything sucks so like this is who I am you're like no like this is what I'm experiencing and I'm gonna hold it with love even when it fucking sucks and like I don't know it's just been so beautiful to witness that and I love seeing you just be like honest about your journey it's just it's such a gift and um would you be open to talking about like your journey with medication yeah, absolutely. So like you mentioned, I know that you told me this too and you've been open about this. You started medication when you were really young. You started when you were like mentioned like you were 12 because you were suffering mm -hmm. or living with panic attacks and stuff. I guess my question is like, what do you wish that you knew then that you know now? And what advice would you give your younger self who's like experiencing these, you know, panic attacks and this like kind of new struggle with mental illness? Like what would you what would you say to yourself? Yeah, love about this both those things. Love the question. Um, two things. One was that I feel like back then I thought it was like, oh my God, I must be so insanely mentally ill and crazy if I'm taking medication. Like it was so, I don't know, I guess like taboo back then. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I wish I could have told myself like so many millions of people take these medications, like kids included. Doesn't mean you're crazy. It doesn't mean that you're weak. Um, it's just like, you know, like diabetics have insulin and like nobody talks shit about them for it. Yeah. So like, you know, I wish I could have been a little bit more um, kind to myself. And also yeah. I just wish there was more like dialogue surrounding it in general. Um, and also I wish, I mean, I understand in retrospect, like I was 12. What, what was I really going to? Do, but I do wish there was kind of more education from the psychiatrist about like these are potential side effects you could have going forward and like you might be on these for 
decades or, you know, like I had no idea how long I was going to be taking them or, um, yeah, like I had literally no idea. I was just like, all right, I'll take this and like, hopefully I'll feel better, I guess. Yeah. Um, so that was the first aspect. And the second aspect, um, I wish that, um, so <laughs> semi-controversial topic, benzos. Um, so like I take clonopin. I've been prescribed clonopin since I was 12, which is like terrifying to some psychiatrists when I tell them they're like, what the hell? Like you've been on clonopin since you were 12. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Literally tell me, but... tell that to the psychiatrist who prescribed it to me when I yeah. needed it. Like, yeah. So, but anyway, um, what, what I would say to myself and to anybody who of any age is considering like benzos for anxiety is to make sure that you also really know your own coping skills and like yeah. your own ways to help you calm down because that's kind of bitten me in the ass. Cause like, since I was 12, I've had this pill that I could take that I knew would make me feel better within like 30 minutes. So it was kind of like, well, why would I try anything else? Like if I knew that this was going to work. Um, and now as I'm about to be 30, I'm like, oh shit, I, I kind of wish, um, <laughs> maybe over the years I, developed some better coping skills of my own um mm. but anyway i'm trying to work on that now and it's not like i'm not anti benzos at all um i'm just all for like using them in a um healthy way and i also hate when people like generalize them as a bad thing and say like oh they're so addictive they're so this and that they'll ruin your life it's like I don't know. I would like to see someone who doesn't have anxiety, who has that argument, like try to live a day in the life of someone with an anxiety disorder and experience a panic attack and like, you know, see how they like it. Literally, it's like it's not just the one thing being bad. It's also like, yeah, like it's it's bigger than that. And it's like anything can be dangerous when done like, you know, in excess. It's like there's so much nuance and I really appreciate your honesty and it's also super uh, interesting that you, like that you mentioned like green juice yeah like you were having like, intense anxiety having and having panic attacks when you're 12 smoothie. it's not like when you're 12 um, you can maybe. like drive yourself to yoga oh and like go get a green juice and like soothe your nervous system with your yeah. friends and like do yoga it's like you're also like your hormones are fucked up you're in middle school like you are not an adult you're a child like you don't have the same self-awareness and self-actualization to like calm yourself down as like somebody who's older so that's such a good mm -hmm. like I didn't even think about that and um Oh my god, I'm having a blue smoothie. It's like we're having smoothies together. Ashley and I famously make smoothies for each other and we'll like talk about our smoothies. So this is a beautiful moment. Um, but for real, I love everything you were <laughs> saying and it feels like I totally it. get that. And I think it's not that you're like, you know, you're not saying like, no, never use benzos. It's like, yes, to do this and also be aware of like what is what are the other coping mechanisms that you have and I also want to affirm that you're not just like trying these other things like you are doing such a beautiful job of like really taking care of yourself of really like using all the tools at your disposal which we'll get into in a second but the first one that I want to talk to you about is therapy because I know you've been going to therapy for forever um not forever forever but you know like for a while and same I fucking understand dude um and yeah I would love to talk to you just about that and um, like what's your experience with therapy? I know that it's like, can be kind of a, you know, can be difficult to like find a therapist that really aligns with you. And like, it's, I know for myself, like I'm 99% sure I have ADHD. I'm the ADHD and anxiety is stopping me from like actually doing the things I need to get a diagnosis, which is really funny. But like, um, you know, like the act of finding a therapist or like the act of like setting up a call and like interviewing therapists can be like a hindrance, you know, it can be like something that makes it more difficult to actually do the thing that's going to help you because like those steps can equal anxiety or overwhelm. So like I have another two-folded question for you. Um, how has therapy been a supportive tool alongside medication? And then we'll start with that and then we'll go from okay. there. Yeah, because otherwise I'm going to forget. Yeah, same. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it's been so good for, like, 
a lot of it lately has been looking at the way that I think now and things that I feel now and how I can link it back to certain times um, when I was younger or like examining thought patterns that I have or like anxiety triggers now and being like oh my god like I have felt the same exact way like at like this time in sixth grade or this time in seventh grade and like kind of being able to make a link between um, the past and present has been really interesting um, but I think the main thing for me has really been like um, within CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. Not cock and ball torture, um, y'all. And not cock and ball torture. <laughs> <laughs> um, the less boring CBT. <laughs> or the more boring one. Um, you do this thing called like cognitive restructuring where you kind of take like negative thoughts or beliefs you have and like kind of turn them into something more positive. And for me, like I've talked about this with you, like I hate like super like thinking positively like just doesn't work for me so for me it's been a lot of like learning to replace my like super negative catastrophic thoughts with something that's more just like neutral like I made all these um flashcards um which was inspired by my friend Sam um who's a therapist but um she was like why don't you make these like little flashcards and just like have them with you so um, with my therapist, I came up with like a bunch of different things that I can like read when I'm having a panic attack. Like I've I've had like a hundred million of these before and I've gotten through every single one of them. So I'm going to get through this one, too. Um, like I'm stronger than I give myself credit for. Um, you know, 100 percent of the times I've had a panic attack, I've survived it. So like stuff like that. Yeah. And, and trying to help those become more automatic thoughts instead of like oh my god, I'm gonna die. This is gonna be the one time that, like, I actually do die and, like, this is it. Like, goodbye world, you know? So, yeah. so that's been, um, that's been probably, like, the most helpful things, um, as of, like, the last few months. I love it. Um, yeah. And then a little bit of, like, going back to the learning about the link between the past and present, doing, like, a little bit of inner child work stuff, um, with my therapist, and also like on my own yeah well first off thank you for sharing that and yeah like ashley knows i've had so much fucking health anxiety recently ashley and i both have um, been bonding over our um health experiences lately and i was really paranoid about something and ashley was like mentioned that she's like you know it's really i don't do well with being like oh yeah everything's gonna be perfect and everything's gonna work out because it just like feels too removed from like where I am right now so instead I'm like no matter what happens I have the strength to get through it like no matter what yeah. like I'm stronger than this and I love that because I know a lot of times like especially working with something like affirmations which is pretty much what you're doing with your flashcards it's like if it's too many steps ahead like if you're like I literally hate my life and I'm so mentally ill like I'm so depressed or whatever it is and then it's like you can't just jump to be like everything is fine and dandy and like life is yeah. perfect because you're not going to believe it so it might be like exactly things suck right now but i'll get through it like that can be an affirmation and then from there it could be like things are tough but i'm getting better and then from there it's like i'm having a beautiful like i'm having an okay day and that's like you know taking those baby steps is like another kind of approach that's super yeah a little easier and i love that you have those flashcards and it's so true like you have survived 100 percent of the time even if it doesn't feel like it and um I love like I'm such a tactile person having something like that, that like I don't have to scroll my phone for I don't have to remember in my brain that's like tactile like that like that's right there yeah. they can touch they're also have so you ever helpful. showed you them because they're really cute they're like light pink oh my god little flashcards I'll, sh I'll show you Please after do. but yeah I love that that's such a good um tip and yeah I was like if I'm gonna do this they need to be Cute. like pink and cute so i literally went on amazon and i searched yeah. like pink flashcards you're like and, my flashcards yeah. need to serve cunt if my brain is yeah. not then they need to be cute they have to I be understand. cute yeah um so also would you do you have any advice for anybody who's like looking to find a therapist and navigating oh, yeah. that definitely i mean what you said earlier is so true and it's so annoying that like especially i feel like for people who need therapy the most it can be like really mm -hmm. really hard to take those steps to like email a therapist and be like hi do you take my insurance and do you do this and like can we set up a phone consultation and like it's a lot of work mm -hmm. um so I think like you really have to truly like 
put some time aside and like know that this is going to take some time. It's not necessarily going to be super easy, um, but it's going to be worth it. And then another thing that I would say is to like find somebody who, well, let me backtrack for a moment. I think psychologytoday.com is a really good resource. Yeah. You can, you can filter, um, you can filter by like what gender you want them to be, um, specialties, what types of therapy they use. Um, like you can filter by all sorts of things. Oh, and insurance too. Mm -hmm. Um, but I would say, so that's a great resource. And then also like definitely finding someone who specializes in what you need. Yeah. Like, and if you know, for sure, it's hard. I guess some people don't know, like, they're just like, you know, I don't feel great in my life. Like, but if you know, like, okay, like I have OCD, like find an OCD specialist, yeah, you know, definitely. And I feel that like kind of thing that also goes for like, if you're queer or if you're like a sex worker or if you're not monogamous, like I know a lot of the listeners are a combo of those things and like mm -hmm. finding a therapist who affirms those different parts of your identity, super, super important alongside the, like, yeah, like I know that this is something that I need. Like, I know I want somebody who's going to help me with anxiety or who's going to understand this kind of part of my brain. Like it's worth it. And I feel like I know for myself, it's like just scheduling it, you know, like, okay, if I don't feel like doing mm -hmm. it today, maybe like on Friday or on Tuesday and I have time this time, like putting it in my calendar. So it makes like, I actually do it. And I feel like I know for myself too. It's like, I think these things take way longer than they actually do. Like it's, yeah, for, it's, so gonna, it's, you know, like it is going to take research and you're going to email people, but like you could, it's, it's not going to take as long as you think. So also mm -hmm. positive rewards. Like if you're going to, you know, like, okay, like I'm going to spend an hour, two hours researching therapists, reaching out to four or five therapists. When I'm done, I'm going to buy myself a coffee or I'm going to get that shirt that I wanted from here. Or I'm going to like yeah. go on a nice walk or like call a friend, like doing something to look forward to after for me always kind of helps mm -hmm. me like do the things I don't want to fucking do. Even yeah, if I know totally. it's going to be like good for me in the long run and keeping that yeah. in mind as well. Also one thing um when you're emailing these therapists and whatever like i would say they all if not all like 97 percent, offer like a free phone consultation mm -hmm. like 15 minutes or whatever definitely definitely do that definitely and get a feel for them um i feel like you can get like a really good idea of somebody's vibe via just like a short consultation like i've had so many like even recently i've been kind of like dipping my toes in, seeing if I might want to find someone new, like more specialized in OCD. And like, it's crazy the difference that you notice, like within just a few minutes of a phone call and like seeing if you're going to vibe with them. Um, Cause like finding a therapist is like dating, like literally. Yeah. Like you're not always gonna find the right, like the first one you contact isn't always going to be the one that like is the love of your life. Yeah. <laughs> and like, just because somebody is like nice does not, and they have the qualifications does not mean that you are required to like make them your therapist if it doesn't like yeah. feel right. And like, I think it also like, it sucks that it does take like a vague level of like self actualization to even get to the place to want therapy because like, you know, like, do you want a therapist who's going to like really like tell you how it is and be kind of cold or you want somebody who's going to be like really compassionate and understanding and warm like having that idea before you go into it can also make it a little bit easier but you might not know until you talk to the people so definitely yeah. definitely recommend talking to people on the phone as well mm -hmm. for sure um okay it's time let's talk about inner child work so for those who don't it's know <laughs> inner child work is literally what it sounds like it is um a set of practices, a set of, you know, it's not even, I, I would argue that it's not like one set of things, but it is a mindful way to explore and connect with your inner child, which my friend um, Lou beautifully describes as your nervous system. So like when you're doing this work, you're kind of retraining your nervous system. And this is something that we've talked about, but that I didn't realize, I don't think that you were doing with your therapist. So could yeah. you just start by explaining like how you define inner child work and how you do this work both with a like in a clinical setting with a therapist and on your own? Yeah. So I first kind of got into this very recently because I actually got an assignment to write an article about it. Um, and then when I was doing research and like talking to therapists, interviewing therapists for it. And then I interviewed like two of my friends for it who have done inner child work. And like they said, it was so helpful. I was like, you know what? 
maybe I should try this. Like, I know I definitely have had some like fucked up um, things happen with my anxiety um, when I was a kid. And like, I know that those experiences still stick with me. So I kind of just started to like literally just at night, like sit there and like out loud talk to my inner child and like, I'll think about maybe like a specific event. Like for example, this is like such a traumatic memory for me of like, I was in like, I don't know, ninth or 10th grade and I was in chorus and I was on like the risers that you do at the performance. And Mm -hmm. I was like having such a like silent panic attack, like felt like I was gonna faint and die. Just felt so trapped, felt like I was gonna like die and embarrass myself in front Mm -hmm. of the whole school. And like, so I'll like revisit like an experience like that and kind of like, basically the idea to go back to the beginning is like to talk to your inner child, like yourself at a certain age, your younger self, your younger selves, and kind of telling them what they needed to hear or like wished they could have heard in that time. And kind of just like providing comfort in that way um yeah so that's been like one of the ways I've do I've done it and then also like with my therapist if she'll ask me like what's an early time you felt that way and I'll be like oh like I don't know this this time in seventh grade whatever and then she'll be like okay like what would you like knowing what you know now like what would you tell seventh grade Ashley and then I'll go and like take a minute to like think about it and then like say it out loud. Um, And then you can kind of think of like when you're struggling with like whatever difficult emotion, like think of it like you're comforting like your younger self. Um, It sounds kind of cheesy and like I totally always thought it was cheesy, but when you put it into practice, I think it's really interesting. Yeah, it's so, I feel like healing. And you know me, Ashley, I'm fucking woo-woo as fuck. So I'm like, time is fake. And I do feel like when you are bringing love and this kind of compassion for your past self, like it is healing oh. that, the, it is healing the past. Stop. And that has, re- like, that makes these beautiful waves and like the present and the future. Like I do think like that is an act of magic and it really does sound cheesy, but like honestly, some of the best things in life are cheesy. Like there's a reason we all agree, but like I know sometimes like I'll do the same or I'll just visualize hugging like younger Gabby or like I'll think about something and I just fucking cry. Like there's just this like creating safety for yourself in the past when you didn't have it is such an act of love and healing and I'm so happy that you're able to do that that you have a therapist who's able to do that and um it's so funny because I also have like a weird memory of like being on the bleachers in chorus like I wasn't um anxious but my blood pressure dropped and I was literally like about to faint and I was like leaning on this little kid in my chorus concert like third grade and I remember like being so freaked out about it and like having like I would like I didn't realize at the time that yeah, my blood pressure would drop so it happened all like I would like almost faint I'd be like what the fuck is going on and it was really scary so I just oh, I'm so sorry how to deal with that but um have you noticed like I guess in your heart and in your inner world like how has this kind of inner child work like shifted anything at all um I feel like it's still really early in the process, so it hasn't been like a huge thing for me yet, but I think part of it is like just validating those experiences and validating how I felt back then instead of like always pushing it away. Yeah. Because I feel like kind of before this, I'd be like, oh my God, like I don't want to think about that. Like that was horrible. Of course. Yeah. And then this is kind of like you know a way to bring it up and work through it and even like change the narrative a little bit yeah and just like make yourself feel a little bit more empowered yeah I was gonna say that it's like you're bringing like you're reclaiming your power by like 
not letting it have the hold on you like i and it it feels kind of counterintuitive to be like yeah like this thing was like really difficult and it was really hard and like you think that that would like give the experience more weight but by actually like identifying that it was something that was like not easy you're like able to like then i feel like have more understanding for yourself love yourself more and like reclaim your your power and like in this moment and that's so beautiful and i feel like it's like really definitely like yeah soothing your nervous system and kind of allowing you to find this new state of equilibrium but it it really does take being vulnerable and brave enough to revisit these things that are difficult that's like are so much more often easier to ignore but i do feel like you doing this work and revisiting these parts of yourself and showering them with like understanding love and compassion and understanding more than anything be like yeah that fucking sucked babe and you like did it and we're here and like we made it out but like you're allowed to feel like that was still difficult like i just feel like it you know helps you live more aligned and more in your truth because you're owning all parts of your experience without you know with with what it sounds like without shame even though i know that shame and guilt are a tricky monster and they can kind of you know they're it's it's definitely nuanced but that's that's so beautiful dude yeah another way that um i've kind of used it a couple times is like for example i was like out at a bar and i was kind of like starting to feel myself go into like a realm of panic and i kind of like went to the bathroom and literally was like saying out loud to myself like okay like little ashley i know you're in there i know you're feeling scared right now i know you're thinking like you're afraid that you're gonna have a panic attack in public and embarrass yourself. You're afraid that you are trapped, but like, I want you to know that like, you know, we are gonna get through this, you know, da da da, that kind of thing, like a little pep talk, like, and I feel like having the visual of like talking to your younger self versus just like, for me at least, a pep talk, like thinking of like baby me versus like now, it's just, I don't know it has a little bit of cuteness yeah definitely and you're able to like feel for yourself in a different way because you're like i was like sweet and innocent and like not that you're not sweet and innocent now but um yeah i think that's so beautiful oh exactly though it, that's that's totally it like i think about like there's like the self-compassion aspect of it too like thinking like oh my god like i was so little like and yeah sweet and innocent and you know like i didn't know like what the fuck was going on really so i love it and i'm so proud of you for doing that and it's hard honestly like in the moment to be able to recognize what you need to like calm yourself down calm yourself down i know that's something that you've been working on for like so long but kudos to you i know i remember when you told me that story and you're like yeah and i actually like noticed a difference and felt better so that's really beautiful that you're able to do that for yourself and your past self um okay so besides inner child work and um therapy and medication i'd love to talk to you about self-care which i know is like such a weighted term but in this case i consider things like therapy inner child work medication self-care but you also have a lot of other rituals and practices under your belt i know you've started doing yoga at nighttime to help your insomnia and i know you journal and i would just love to hear about like the tools that you have to support your healing and mental health besides you know inner child work therapy and medication yeah um yoga is one of my more recent ones. Um, I mean, I've been doing yoga like on and off, but only just like a couple months ago did I start doing like a bedtime yoga practice and kind of like, to be honest, I've fallen off a little bit, but like when I did it consistently every single night for a month, like I was feeling so good at bedtime, like way better than I was before. So I'm kind of trying to get myself back on that train but um I literally just like started searching like bedtime yoga videos on YouTube and I was like wow this actually (laughs) like I kind of did it being like eh like we'll see and then I did them and I was like feeling really like you know I get to the point of like shavasana and I was like actually feeling really tired so I was like this is great yeah Um, especially for me with like insomnia where like there will be nights when I'm awake like until like three or four, um, I really did notice a difference with it. So 
Highly recommend for anyone who um, has anxiety, especially at nighttime. Oh, I love it. And yeah, so that's been really great. And, and literally just like I watch like yoga with Adrian. Shout out to her. Love her. <laughs> yeah. Her videos are amazing. Um, and then there's there's this other girl who I always watch. I don't remember her name, but yeah, those are great. And I'll also like sometimes like when I'm in my apartment, I'll um, I light a candle. I put my yoga mat down. Um, I put on like some, I don't know, like woo woo music like yeah. the little like ooh you know mm, like spa whatever. music yeah love it spa music <laughs> meditation music i don't know um because yeah i hate meditating like i admire it so much that you can do it all every single day gabby um oh i suck at like, it i suck at oh, it oh but but, I, <laughs> but like you but you do it every day like i yeah. can't even but whatever so that's why yoga is kind of like my moving meditation i guess yeah it totally um, is i mean i feel like one yeah. of the things with yoga too it's like you move your body to quiet your mind you know yeah it's and it's it's true like because if i just sit there and try to do like a breathing exercise it's oh, yeah, no. gonna make me spiral Literally. like worse yeah so if i'm doing like yoga and like doing different poses then it's gonna make me feel like way better than just like sitting there would yeah so. and stretching just feels good it yeah feels, it's nice. <laughs> exactly. they really know it the the yogis have been doing this for thousands of years and they really they really they know are onto something <laughs> yeah um and you also and then, sorry oh, we're gonna say journal yes i was yeah <laughs> yeah journaling is like I mean, I've been journaling literally since like as long as I can remember. Like yeah, I literally sure. in my closet have so many journals um, from like when I was a kid. So it's just always kind of been like a tool, a tool for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just love it. Like I feel like it helps me, especially if I'm like really spiraling. Yeah. My thoughts are going so fast. Like I feel like putting the pen to paper and just like writing helps you slow down helps you like make more sense of stuff um tying it to inner child work actually i haven't done this in a while but like i've also journaled like um like writing a letter to like my younger Ooh, self beautiful like, yeah but mostly the journaling is like just here's what's going on like i feel like i'm going crazy like yeah i am like having depersonalization and like this even writing this feels weird and like da 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 but just like getting it all on paper um you know helps calm down and i love to like be i love to bring my journal like i have like a little moleskin and i love to just like i feel so cool if i'm like at a cafe and like, yeah start writing in my journal. literally we are such like bitches who love coffee shops and journaling and books i yeah. love it and i feel the same thing too with journaling i was doing it every day for like years and then now it's kind of as needed and it's like yeah i forget how potent it is because like i'm like i'm spiraling i'm thinking about this thing i'm literally making myself feel like so unhinged so irregular like dysregulated like and then i journal and i say all the dramatic dumbass shit that's on my brain and I dump it onto the page and suddenly I'm like have space in my brain and I'm like oh yeah yeah what a beautiful it's also tool. so funny to like revisit old entries and be oh like god, oh my god seriously. I was so dramatic literally I was when I was journaling every day it was like kind of like this is what I did this day and this is what I did because like one day when I write a memoir or whatever I'm like okay I'll yeah. have this but now it's like so dramatic because it's like when I need it but it's helpful you know and I think that's the thing with tools like even with meditation like I'm like don't do what I do which is like be really dumb and never miss a day of meditation because when I do I'm gonna my ego's gonna take a hit which I you know is a whole other thing and it's like it's better to just do the stuff when you can and when it feels good than to like hold yourself to this crazy standard or like dumb standard and then like get angry at yourself when you can't keep it up like these yeah these tools are here for us when we need them whether it's inner child work like you said or doing yoga or journaling like my i feel like mm -hmm. nighttime trifecta is like cleansing myself with like some like palo santo or like selenite doing yoga and then journaling like i will feel amazing but you know yeah. it's like if you don't have time for all of it like pick one thing do one thing for five minutes and just like give yourself that space when you need it you know like yeah literally like even i've been telling myself that lately like if i'm too lazy to do yoga which i have been a lot i'm like all right let me just take like a few minutes to like sit in my bed and like talk to my younger self yeah. or like talk to the universe god whoever yeah. being like you know the thing like today was really hard but like thank you for getting me through it like 
you know, whatever. Um, But yeah, just kind of like pushing yourself to be like, yeah, this, even if I just take five minutes, like you said, to do like this one little thing that can like maybe help, you know, rather than watch like five more TikToks. Yeah. Like, (laughs) you know. It's hard. It's hard peaking like self-love and like healing over self-sabotage. And that's like an intention I've been really working with. And yeah, it's difficult, but it's like, you know, you just have to start where you are. It's like even with gratitude, you don't have to be like, thank goddess for like this amazing day. Everything was perfect. If it, if things sucked, you'd be like, I'm so grateful that I made it through another day. I'm so grateful that I have like the awareness that I'm upset right now. I'm so grateful that like I'm taking five minutes to stretch, even though I really don't fucking want to. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to. It doesn't have to be like you don't have to wait until you're like in an amazing space to do these things. And I think like taking like the five minutes is like even three minutes. You know, I'm going to just take a few five deep breaths and like do some cat cow like and that when you kind of have I feel like that when you're able to build that trust with yourself like through that it's easier to like make it bigger and bigger but you don't have to like it doesn't have to be a huge thing to start it can be like one kind thing for yourself that like you know is gonna help that's like more long-term like support than short-term like yeah you know like I know this you know this like sometimes yeah smoking weed or taking a shot of alcohol might like help in the moment but like what's actually gonna be helping me is maybe making myself some tea and taking a few minutes to just journal or taking a few minutes to journal affirmations like I will get through this it's okay to not be okay like whatever it is yeah also I think um like trying out different things too and not like just being like you know we're saying that yoga and journaling is like great for us but it's not gonna like be great for Mm -hmm. everyone like so yeah I feel like it's so important to like just try different self-care things um if you're finding that things aren't working yeah keep going like like for me one thing that um people like always recommend is like practicing gratitude and you just made me think of this like writing down you know things you're grateful for and that was something that I found didn't really help me in fact it kind of like backfired because I was like writing down these things I was grateful for and I'm like okay well if I have all these things and why am I so depressed and then I would just feel like guilty so I kind of was like all right I'm gonna try to stop forcing gratitude practice to like work for me and instead I'm gonna try to do something else yeah I love that so yeah yeah there's so many different tools and like obviously like these are just some that are working for us like maybe it's like tarot or like going on a really long walk or like exercising really hard or like starting a new kind of therapy like you know and it sucks because it's like we have you have to do it for yourself like nobody else can do this shit for you and it's like extra work but it it will pay off and you also like have the right to enjoy these things like obviously it's still going to be tough but like if you like you said like if gratitude is not working for you you do not have to do it if you fucking hate journaling you don't have to do it if you hate breath work you don't have to do it right like martial arts or art or music like anything that's gonna get your kind of nervous system like a little bit more regulated by you being super just like present and aware of like what you're feeling is helpful and there's no there's no one answer and there's no right way and hopefully especially if you have a therapist like they can be somebody who shows you different avenues and perspectives that you might not have had yes well said Okay, so besides writing about mental health, you also started your writing journey talking about dating. How did that begin? Yeah, so so crazy because I literally just realized this, um, that like my first real freelance piece that like I was paid to write was about Tinder and it was called, um, why do we use Tinder? Or yeah, why do we still use Tinder when we hate it so much? And it was in 2016. and I'm like what the hell it's 2023 and we are still all on tinder even though we hate it but um I was I was bland I was bland I was banned from tinder so yeah you know r.i.p but I did love it I miss it I complained about it to you I'm like I want to be back on tinder but they won't let me yeah so we're still using it it's crazy but um but yeah so that was like my first freelance assignment and it was for thrillist and um oh my god tbt yeah and I honestly, like, I don't even know, like, what cursed me to write that other than that, like, I, did, I really Stop. did, like, hate Tinder, like, love, hate Tinder. Um, 
But anyway, over the years, like I have written a bunch of like dating pieces and especially like over the last year, I've written a lot of like dating stuff, um, like talking to like relationship therapists or like sex therapists um, and getting like advice from them and like kind of turning it into like actionable advice for people. Um, So it's been fun to like learn from them and like write about that stuff too. I love it. What's like the most surprising thing that you've learned about from writing about dating? Um, Or like interviewing people, if you have anything. Ooh, that's a good question. Um, Hmm. I mean, one thing that I guess is semi-surprising, but also not really, is like how many people are too afraid to communicate and like they always say like you know communication is key in relationships and like it's just like how can you like people aren't mind readers and like you can't expect people to always be giving you what you want if you don't like communicate your needs yeah Um, like you have to ask for what you want yeah, yeah and i feel like so many like relationship therapists have like kind of hinted towards that like people just aren't communicating their needs and or like they're being too afraid to communicate their needs and I know it's not easy it's obviously easier said than done but like um that's something I've gotten a lot better with with like dating world like kind of like expressing my emotions and concerns and needs whereas maybe in the past I would be like no I just gotta play it cool yeah I fucking feel that and I also feel like with expressing your needs it's also like you have to know what you want or you have to know what you don't want and you have to have like this level of taking a step outside of like the relationship or partnership to do the introspective work of like understanding yourself and knowing what you want and what you like and I think that for a lot of people who like maybe don't live with mental illness or like haven't had to go to therapy like that can be new and can be scary so there's like this barrier and it's also like it can be weird to meet yourself there especially like if it's like around like sex or whatever and like you grew up in an environment of like shame around that like so I understand but I do feel like yeah asking for what you want is so important especially for women like we are not taught to do that and it is just can really change everything um and I feel like that's kind of something like I realized about myself too I'm like damn like now when I'm dating or hooking up with people or like interested like I'm so much more forward and like I know what I want and like I don't have time for people who are just gonna be like rude or like right like we're we're too old at this point for like right that's what I was gonna say I was like why is that I'm like oh it's because I'm in like my late 20s I'm not in my early 20s anymore and like it's embarrassing to like be like I'm like not embarrassing to be old but I'm like damn like I really like we've gone through it like you know like I'm straight I date men so it's like it's such a journey to get to that place where you're like actually like you know what you're making me anxious and you're not giving me what I need like baseline so I'm not gonna fucking waste my time but it takes time to get there oh absolutely like it took me a long time to decide that like okay, I'm going to stop trying to pretend like I'm just playing it cool with everything and I don't care. I'm going to instead like be like stand up for, you know, how I should be treated. Literally, it's been such a gift watching you like in your evolution of like dating and sex and stuff because you really have like just advocated for yourself and known what you want and like cut people out that aren't like respecting you or your time your energy or like your goddessness so yeah i love to cut people out <laughs> me, me too my fucking scorpio moon i'm like yeah fuck with me like I'll, i might forgive you but then if you fuck with me again like you're blocked you're dead to me i'm literally changing your name and my phone is like whatever your name is don't text him and i'm like ignoring you forever yeah so um yeah. what dating advice do you wish you could give to your, your younger self Mm, um, uh, I would say like I guess really just like don't put up with bullshit like yeah I feel like for so many instances I was like putting up with like being treated not the best or like you know just being disrespected or whatever and like I 
I, yeah, I would say like, don't put up with that shit. Like it's not worth it. And like also, um, you know, like if people, like people who are like actually really interested in you, like are going to make it known. Yeah. And like that stupid saying, if he wanted to, he would like, I feel like it's true. It's real. And yeah, but definitely like don't take shit from people is like the main advice I feel like I would give. And also like that it's okay to be vulnerable. Yeah. Oh, you're a cancer. You deserve to be vulnerable and have <laughs> your beautiful heart like seen. But it's it can be scary, especially with fuck boys. But you know, we're we're staying fuck boy free in twenty twenty three. So Yeah. Um, oh, amazing. And yeah, is there anything that's inspiring you right now? Or like, what's what's next for Ashley? Um, well, I would like you very briefly mentioned the beginning that like I used to do some music writing and I love mental health writing, obviously, but I would also love to kind of um, dive back into the music writing world. Um, Like I've had so many really amazing experiences, like interviewing like band members that I like obsessed with so it would be really cool if I could get to do that again so fingers holding crossed. the vision <laughs> holding the vision thank you yeah I'm of like course. in talks with somebody right now for potentially something so um we'll see but I would love to get back into that um and also like reading that um tinder article that I wrote today from 2016 I was like oh wow this was like so fun to write a more like personal essay like humor like kind of like not taking myself seriously um type thing so it would be cool to do that again also oh incredible and where can people find you online obviously Uh, not 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 to stalk you in real life in Venice California um no um Instagram Ashley underscore unicorn and Twitter is Ash Laderer, A-S-H-L-A-D-E-R-E-R. Um, and then you can see my, I mean, if you just Google my name, you can like find lots of articles I've written. Oh, incredible. I guess we like really didn't talk too much about our friendship, but you guys just need to know that Ashley and I met because I was selling flower crowns from my dorm room in South Carolina and Ashley and I found each other on Instagram and her blog was Fashion Unicorn and my blog was Breathing Fashion. And we were both, yeah, like long black hair, half the head shaved, fashion merchandising majors. And we were like, I was obsessed with her. I was like, oh my God. So I was like, gonna send her a flower crown and like got her you number on did. Facebook. And we never did, but we yeah. texted and we became besties. Yeah. And then but we it met was, I remember I found later. you because you were initially following my sister. Yeah, Alyssa. Alyssa so on funny. Instagram, and I didn't and realize I w- you were siblings. Yeah. And I like looked, I, I guess you like commented on one of her things and I like clicked on you and I was like, oh my God, like we're twins. Like, let's Literally. be friends. Oh. And now here we are. Yeah, we met. We were online friends for two years. And then I did an internship in New York and we met like in the subway, like in the, like the Long Island the Long Rail- Rail- Railroad sub- like, station. station. Yes, yeah. the Penn Station. And there's this iconic video of Ashley and I meeting for the first time. And every time I like think about it, I cry. It's a tearjerker. So. Maybe, tear maybe I'll link it in the description for oh people God, to should. watch. But yeah, it's been such a joy to watch you like step into yourself i can't wait for the new music writing and i'll also link the article that you wrote about um inner child work so people have access to that as well good idea oh well i love you bitch i hope you have an amazing afternoon thanks for coming also like to give you credit too like you said it's been such like a pleasure to watch me you know grow in my career and whatever like it's the same for you like it's so it's so cool to like you know see you from going from college and now you've written like a million books and like just have done so many cool things so i love you i love you so much i love you thanks for being on here i will be texting you immediately obviously yeah duh (laughs) thank you guys all right thank you guys bye Thank you guys so much for being here. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Ashley. You can find links to her portfolio, her Instagram, and her um, inner child work article below. And as always, if you want even more magic, I highly recommend checking out my books, Inner Witch, Bewitching the Elements, and Sacred Sex, my guided journal, Embody Your Magic, and my tarot deck, The Goddess of Love Tarot. 
I just released and recorded a three-part series of working with the tarot for everything erotic. So reading the tarot for love, desire, sex, relationships, breakups, grief, and how to incorporate the tarot into a sex magic practice and a magical practice that centers the erotic and working with the tarot erotically. And that series is called Perverting the Tarot. And it's on my website linked below. You can also join my Patreon where I have a whole archive of tarot spreads, videos, and ritual guides. I also share my monthly essay series, Diary of a Sacred Slut on there. And as always, please, if you like this podcast, rate it. I'm still working on getting it on Apple and that will be any day now. But I really appreciate you guys being here and I hope you have a beautiful week. Love, Lust, and Magic is produced by Zach Toman.